Stylish and sexy, Fatal Attraction took audiences to terrifying new heights with its thrilling story of a casual encounter gone terribly awry. New York attorney Dan Gallagher has a tryst with seductive Alex Forrest while his wife is away. Dan later shrugs off the affair as a mistake and considers it over. But Alex won't be ignored. Not now, not tomorrow, not ever. Even if it means destroying Dan's family to keep him. Hello. Welcome to Cover Your Eyes. Today, we're talking about the 1987 thriller, Fatal Attraction. Hey, Holly. Hey, Sarah. Where did you see this movie? Honestly, I don't remember. I don't think I saw this one in the theaters. I would say (laughs) I must have seen it on HBO. (laughs) I mean, I saw other movies in the theater that are surprising, but I don't think this one, it must have been, they rented it or... HBO, like always. I saw it at home, and I remember sitting on the couch with with Nana, and Papa was sitting in a in his chair with a candy we, drawer. We all watched it together, and and she was like, "Now I'm going to let you watch this movie, but you're going to have to cover your eyes mm-hmm. for the parts come on when I tell you to." Right. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, but I can hear it." Yeah. And it's a really violent movie. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of screaming. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's a lot of loud sounds in general. Yeah. Um, and there's sex sounds. So even when you're covering yeah. your eyes, it's like, we know what's up. Yeah. I would summarize Fatal Attraction as a movie where Danny is married. He's happily married, quote unquote, happily married. And he meets a very intriguing woman who seems assertive and just comes off as somebody that would be great to have a a fling with. Right. Because she's very detached. Mm -hmm. He tells her, hey, I'm married. She knows what the rules are. Like the rules have been established. Yes. Of how to behave. This is going to be a fling. Right. Because she asked him first, are you discreet? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you get the impression, oh, she does this all the time. It's like Mm -hmm. she's a professional woman in New York City. Single girl, New York, the 80s. Yeah. Shoulder pads. She knows what's going on. So he's an attorney that works with like literary law, it seems like. And she's the new editor. And then there's Beth, who's Danny's wife. And then they have a child together named Ellen. And Ellen. (laughs) is adorable. Can we talk about Ellen? I just want to know why their five-year-old looks like a middle-aged owner of a women's lit bookstore. Like... She really does, though. She's not. Yeah. She's <laughs> pretty not great. Like any five-year-old I've ever seen. It's pretty. Well, it's pretty amazing in that movie, too, because back then you only saw like cute little blonde girls. Yeah. In movies. She's like a real kid. And like their family mm-hmm. dynamic is really sweet. Yeah. I love their family. You want them to stay together. I know. When Alex turns so quickly mm-hmm. when he's he's going to leave and she's been tempting him to not leave by taking care of him and there's this whole thing about mother's breast mm. that i yeah, he goes that, for her breast a lot yeah and then like whenever she like put water on it on her nipple from the sink it's like she's trying to feed him 
but she doesn't have milk because she's not the one she's not maternal. She can't take care of anybody. She can't even take care of herself. Mm -hmm. And then later in the movie, whenever his wife Beth is getting dressed, Mm -hmm. he comes over and there's like this close up shot on her breasts in a bra. Mm-hmm. And then he comes over and there's like this really this moment where she's comforting him and it feels very maternal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's the woman who has milk. So I got that very strongly. And that's also very interesting because he's getting his parental needs met through his romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. But Alex is not. And that that goes back to like her initial issue, which is most likely based on her behavior, childhood sexual trauma. And she did see her dad die. Yes. I feel like there's a deeper issue than her dad died of a heart attack. And the reason that I am insistent that she probably was sexually abused as a child is because Uh her behaviors are all like classic of child sexual abuse, like the cutting herself, um, Uh the general um, borderline personality disorder Uh characteristics that she has. And there's just a really high percentage of borderline personality disorder diagnosis people that have childhood sexual abuse. Yes. She clearly learned uh, very early the ability to please a man, which I mean, like women generally are taught that, but she's like, she's basically re-traumatizing herself Mm -hmm. over and over again through sex. Like sex is her primary weapon against herself Mm -hmm. through the use of romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And she says... Like she always, she said, why are the interesting ones always married? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, maybe that's why they're interesting because they're married and you know, you can't have them. So mm-hmm. that just adds to her trauma. Like you said, the implication to me is that she has, and I'm making a lot of presumptions about her, but I also feel like Glenn Close is such a amazing actress. Oh yeah. That I feel like she is like actually projecting her thoughts mm-hmm. through the film. And it's not just like the stuff that she, she's not just saying stuff good and yeah. looking pretty, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so to me, I feel like her character, I could just like feel and like practically see yeah. how she was horribly abused as a child. Mm-hmm. The affairs that, cause I also have the presumption that she has lots of affairs Yes. And that like, this is a pattern uh-huh. for her. And that maybe the reason that she's, for whatever reason, she's more drawn to Michael. Yeah. Uh, not Michael Douglas. Sorry. Right. More drawn, <laughs> damn it. More drawn to Danny. Dan. Dan. That's something that's really interesting to think about the idea that she's being the traumatizer. Like she's being the abuser, the victim and the savior oh. all at once. Mm-hmm. And that's a pattern that comes up a lot with people who have abuse from an early age of some sort. She wants married men because it it's an opportunity for her to recreate the trauma bond yeah. of the past abuse that she's had. And that makes sense. It's a it's weird because I almost wonder if the reason she clung extra hard to Danny is because he actually faked died. Uh-huh. And she was oh. like, daddy. Ooh. Plus, he's already a daddy. And later in the yeah. movie, when he's hugging Ellen, 
after uh-huh. she like did her adorable little performance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he he like was like, come over here and he hugged her. This is what Alex <laughs> wants from him. Uh-huh. Is that this is the affection that she's so starved for that it's made her into a violent person. Mm. You know, and I thought that was really a great moment. Yeah, when he's hugging her. Because then they flash. He's very tender. So do you think that she's really pregnant? I do. I do. I was wondering, but and I listened to their conversation in the library, and he said that he called her gynecologist, and he told him congratulations. So she mm-hmm. really is, I think, based on that conversation that he was having with his friend in the library. I think the reason I got suspicious about it was that when he broke into her house or her apartment and she had a pregnancy test. Yeah. I was like, is that, are they trying to tell us that she wasn't really pregnant because she hadn't taken the pregnancy test yet? Yeah, but I think there's more than one in the box and the box is open. Oh, okay. I think, I didn't look at the number, but it's kind of a big box. Okay. But maybe in the 80s, they were big tests, like big phones. Yeah. I feel like the box was open, but I'm not sure. But obviously, yes, we would all be suspicious of her when she says that. It's like, okay, this is just another ploy that she's doing to keep him. But Mm -hmm. then when he said he called the gynecologist and they told him congratulations, then it's like, because he said, he said congratulations. Who knows what she told him? You know what uh, I mean? Were there not hippolas? <laughs> there were no hippolas at that time, for sure. Oh, hello there, sir. You're a man. I think it's perfectly fine to give you any woman's records that you. Request. Well, she gave him her gynecologist card to call him, so <laughs> she probably told him. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like she gave him permission. Yeah. Either that or it was fake. I know. I'm like, maybe she just had a card printed up and it was some dude. (laughs) Who knows? I guess the reason that I was like, she couldn't possibly actually be pregnant Uh is because it's a movie from 1987 and she dies in the end, which means that her fetus died. Yeah. No one ever talks about that part, which I just thought about, too, right before you're saying that is. Yeah, because when you think about the death scene, if she really is pregnant, then. No one mentions that. Yeah. But she said she had a miscarriage before. So Um, maybe there's like an implication that she already had another one or uh I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how far along the death is after she tells him that. But I think it's all happening in a pretty short amount of time. She definitely wasn't showing in that white dress. (laughs) Didn't she look like I got a screenshot of that. Didn't she look like a little girl? Yeah. Like at the end when when she's like playing with the knife and stuff. And that Mm -hmm. dress is like that princess cut Mm -hmm. at the waist. That dress like has this like little girl playing dress up. Yeah. Look to it. And she never wears a bra. I noticed that. Yeah. And then they focus so much on his wife and her bra. Like you said, it's like they're just showing her bra forever and her breasts. And then Glenn Close is never wearing a bra. I don't know if that means anything. (laughs) (laughs) Notice that her nipples are prominent. I mean, Alex's nipples are prominent. I was thinking, were you going to say something? No, go ahead. I was thinking about how whenever you're in a happy marriage, Mm -hmm. he's still going to cheat on you. (laughs) Because you are not immediately in front of him. So Mm -hmm. he's like not, he doesn't remember who you are Mm -hmm. when you're not there. I was thinking too that if you're not (laughs) blonde, he's going to cheat on you with a blonde. 
The blonde hair is very prominent. His wife is brunette. And then at the end when he's admitting it, she's like, the blonde. And I'm like, Uh yeah, the fucking blonde. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I can't help it. (laughs) It's just like, they're happy. His wife is gorgeous. Yes. Nothing is wrong. And still, it's just like, oh, well, she's gone for the day and everything's lining up. Just like the stars aligned for this to happen. So he went for it. Yeah. And it's like, well, damn, that's disheartening. And so is it just like women are supposed to try harder to keep their man from cheating? Or is it just that, no, no matter what you do, he's going to cheat. So just prepare whenever um, before it happened. So like they went to that party and he came up to her at the bar like he was coming to the bar to get a drink. So did he come specifically to that side of the bar where she was like when they met at that initial party for the book and everything? Do you think he went there on purpose or he just happened to sidle up to the bar where she was? Well, you know that I thought it could go either way. He could be a guy that does this all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just that this time he he picked the wrong woman. I don't I don't feel like he. I feel like this is the first time. Okay. I wasn't sure. I get. Yeah. (laughs) I guess like it's the feeling I get in a lot of ways, except how smooth he was with her Mm -hmm. and how comfortable he was with the the whole process of going on a date with another woman Mm -hmm. when you're married. So the other thing that happened, it's like, okay, so if it hadn't been raining that day, would this have never happened? Right. Because his umbrella broke. Yeah. And they had to share an umbrella and then get, they couldn't get a cab. They had to get a drink while they waited for the rain to stop. Right. Then that morphed into dinner. Then apparently she canceled the date with someone else. Right. And then they progressed from there. And she was really pursuing him. I mean, she brought it up and she said like, oh, you're being a naughty boy. And Well, it seemed to me that as soon as as soon as she found out that he was married at the bar. Oh, yeah. She was like, oh, oh, you're married. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Oh, Okay, well, that means that if I take attention away from your wife, who's the mommy, because I Uh need a daddy, that means that I can take daddy away from my mommy. Ew. Yeah, you're right. That goes into her pattern, like she mentioned, the married men. What I was going to say, too, is um, like I felt like after that party, so he had met her there, she rejected his friend. And then she came on to him, which his friend was married too, by the way. And he yes. was flirting with her. I'm like, okay, is this just, that's, that's well, just how it goes. Their wives are at the same party. Yeah, their wives are at the same <laughs> party and they're oh, both flirting with this woman. <laughs> like, all right. And she I looks like a honest. lion. Yeah. The look you- that she gave his friend, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was severe. I liked it. It was good. Maybe that's where I learned some of my looks from. Oh, nice. I can give looks that kill. So they meet her, blah, blah, blah. The friend Mm. flirts. She turns him down. Then they talk at the bar. And then, like you said, I think when she did see he was married, that did pique her interest even more and like set her on the prowl, kind of. Yeah. But so that night he goes home after the party. They're getting ready for bed. And it's like his wife looks gorgeous. She's wearing like this little black dress. And then he's probably thinking, like, they're going to have sex. And then she's like, oh, did you forget something? And he has to go walk the dog. So it's like, oh, he has to walk the dog. That's something he has to do. And he can't just come in and have sex with her because he's got this responsibility. Yes. Then he comes back in and their daughter's in the bed. And it's like, oh, okay, this poor guy. Now his daughter's blocking him from having sex. And it's like, 
he just wants sex and these responsibilities are getting in his way. And then the next day, the blonde just comes into his path easily and boom. So it's like he needed this. He deserved this because of all of the responsibilities and hard work that he yeah. takes care of at home. Well, and then also he has the stress of buying a home in the in the country. Yeah, exactly. So he's also under a lot of pressure and he needs to relieve that gasket. He does. He needs to blow that gasket. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, like what you just said, I basically had all of that written down in my notes because <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is the setup of justification for us. Yeah. And also a message to all you women out there. Mm-hmm. If you asked a, your husband to take out the trash, right. he's going to get laid elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That's really- yeah. Women walk your own dog. Okay. Yeah. Ready to have sex whenever he wants. Yes. Dog is just going to have to wait and piss and shit on the floor. Pick your <laughs> and your daughter needs to stay out of your bedroom yeah. even if she's scared or misses you. Because <laughs> if you nurture your child instead of your husband, he's going to sleep with someone else. Exactly. So these are the choices that you've got to make. Yes. As a woman. And, and clearly, Alex's mom and dad didn't have time for her. Right. Well, her dad died when she was seven. So that's mm-hmm. like the same age, just about as mm-hmm. little middle-aged Ellen. She's only, first the mom says she's five. And then later Dan says that she's six. So I'm like, which one of you doesn't know how old your daughter is? They maybe, give you different ages for her, by the way. Maybe, maybe she had a birthday. I guess, like <laughs> one day. <laughs> the time in this movie is disorienting. Because it's like they sleep with each other. And then the next thing you know, she's like, I'm pregnant. And it's like, so I guess six weeks have passed at least. I don't know. It was EPT, early pregnancy test. So maybe you can tell like the next day. (laughs) It was very early. So what do you think about the rabbit? Mm. Oh, I guess that's another interesting tie in with like how pregnancy tests used to be done with rabbits and the rabbit dies when Uh. you're pregnant. exactly yeah that just gave me like a little bit of chills i never really thought of it that way before you know the scene when he get he gets the rabbit and he's Mm -hmm. going down the crude new york city elevator yeah there's like no front on that elevator it's a callback to when he was fucking in the elevator with alex and there's a red light right by his head Mm -hmm. and he's carrying a bunny in a cage Mm -hmm. and i thought Fucking like rabbits. Ew, yeah. <laughs> and then also <laughs> the red light, like the red light district, like Alex is a whore. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. Like when you fuck a like this is what that picture said to me. When mm-hmm. you fuck a whore, you get rabbits. <laughs> you get rabbits? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> is that like a STD that I don't know about? <laughs> I just mean you get, I mean, you get trouble because the rabbit's Mm -hmm. like clearly a a symbol for the baby. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting to me is that Alex, there was, there really was never, if she really was pregnant and it seems like she was, Mm -hmm. if he called the gynecologist. Yeah. Maybe I'll rewatch that scene, but I feel like it's true. She was. Well, I doubt she has a friend that like pretends to be her gynecologist. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) So that tape yeah i put it on subtitles because i was having trouble hearing Mm. 
some of the details. Like when he first listened to it in the car in the driveway and she uses the F word, oh, a flaming I, F word. Yes. I was like, whoa. That was, wasn't that interesting how quickly she turned on him? And then she was like, oh, you're afraid of girls. You're a yeah. cocksucker. And you're afraid of me. And it's like, well, yeah, at that point he was afraid of her, but <laughs> <laughs> he had every right to be afraid of her at that point. Yeah, so then she was just, you know, insulting his masculinity or whatever. But I was surprised to hear that part. But then when he listened to it inside, that part wasn't in there. I know. That's what I was wondering about, too. That's weird. I guess I was just bad editing. I don't know. Yeah. I I bet that maybe they were like, you know what? That's too far. Mm -hmm. And so then they took it out. Mm -hmm. And then they forgot to take the other part out. (laughs) Who did their editing? Like, <laughs> could you forget that? It's literally like five minutes apart in the movie. <laughs> we should put a huge glaring mistake. Yeah. In here. <laughs> <laughs> You're the editor. Yeah, I I was like, whoa, I did. I put the subtitles on because I'm like, I think she just said the F word, but I didn't yeah. hear. And so then when I re- read the subtitle, I was like, dang. Well, and that's like back to the borderline personality Mm -hmm. issue. That's called splitting. So at the, and that's like such a great example. So at the beginning of the tape, she's like, oh my God, I crave your touch. If under other circumstances, it would sound like a romantic song or something. Yeah. And then by the time he gets home... It's basically like a summary of their relationship yeah. on a cassette tape. <laughs> right. By the, time, <laughs> by the time he gets home, she's like telling him he's a cocksucker mm-hmm. and that she like hates him. That's exactly a great, you know, of splitting where you are either on a pedestal mm-hmm. or you are a piece of trash. Yeah, exactly. There's no nuance. There's something about Dan mm-hmm. that reminds her of her dad. The other possibility is like whenever you're a single mom, especially back then, which her mom would have been after the age of yeah. seven, mm-hmm. she would uh, back then it's like, we'll find another husband as quickly as possible. Yes. And so maybe she found a husband who was horribly abusive to Alex. Uh-huh. And so she longs for her real daddy who mm-hmm. was like kind to her. That's another possibility for why Alex is such a mess and a yeah. ho- holy terror. They just slightly allude to things, but they never really go into it in the movie. But I mean, this isn't what that movie was about, I guess. It was really just to, it was more just like a thriller. And so they weren't into giving her backstory which I can understand. I mean, there's a lot of criticism about it of just playing into like the psychotic, crazy bitch, other woman, which she clearly, you know, turned into that role. And then they don't give like a backstory or treat it with any sensitivity. But I mean, I think like we always talk about, you just have to take this movie for what it is. And they were just trying to make like a thriller. And I think they did a really good job. It's a really good movie. It is a really good movie. And Danny, they show him as such a good dad. Yeah. See, this is like, to me, this is the real mind fuck of this movie. Uh-huh. Because they show him pretty much every scene with his wife after the affair. Uh-huh. He can't get enough of her. And it's almost like yeah. whenever he had the affair. Now, and this is how, like, you could reason that if Alex hadn't been sick, mm-hmm. that 
if he had picked somebody that was like, yeah, I love one night stands. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then that was the end of it. He uh-huh. would have went back to his wife with new appreciation. Right. And he would have been like, oh my God, what the fuck did I do? That was not what I meant. Like that wasn't what I really wanted and be, and he'd yeah. be really sorry about it. And he would like treat her better. And that is a possibility. And that does happen uh-huh. with affairs. Yeah. He is very convincing as a great husband and father. He really is. Like, I have to say, I was almost, I was like rooting for him kind of. I felt like he was still a really good guy, but totally. it made me mad that I felt that way. Cause I'm like, you cheated on your wife. For no reason. But if it wasn't for that one thing. Before the affair, he Uh seemed more distant. He wasn't interested Uh in the house. He didn't want to go. He was distracted. He was distracted. Yeah. From what he had, he he was taking them for granted. True. And so I guess my whole thing is, if this didn't happen, Mm -hmm. would he still have just been distant and gotten more distant? Right. And then, like, the more he realizes that he could potentially lose his family, yeah, the more he clings to them because he's like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? You don't know what you got till it's gone. Exactly. They were getting along. They were happy. But he was, yeah, definitely more into her after that. He never even really got a chance to see what it was like to just have the one night stand because she immediately on Sunday started with her antics. And yeah. I mean, then she tried to commit suicide right in front of him on their second date. Yeah. I mean, their second day together. So then he like immediately realized, oh, God, I have made a huge mistake. Yeah. Before his wife even got to come home. He has such a good expressive face. I actually I have a lot of empathy for his character. Yeah. And I don't feel bad about it because, mm-hmm. yeah, he did a stupid thing. Yes. And he was taking his life for granted. Yeah. He also lives in a culture that totally approves and justifies, just as this movie is doing, <laughs> in a way is like justifying like, well, if your husband if your husband is being nagged and is mm-hmm. under a lot of pressure, then it's totally cool for him to cheat on you. Yeah. So he's getting that message too. Yeah. You know, so there's that. And then there's also this idea that he doesn't really understand the ramifications of what he's doing because he thought that Alex was playing by the same rules that he was playing by. Yeah. That was implied by their very first conversation where she's like, are you discreet? Right. Giving the impression she does this all the time. Mm-hmm. She it really she gave the impression to me that she liked to have affairs with married men because they didn't cling to her. Right. That she was really only there for the sex and like to hang out a little bit. Yes. But she's a professional and she's got shit to do. Yeah. She doesn't have time to take care of men. Mm -hmm. Like she really comes off like that, like this driven career woman. Yes. That's how it seemed. And that's how she set it up. I thought he was extremely clear. Like this is not, this is a one night stand. Yeah, he was. It was all very clear. Yeah. Except she changed the rules. Yeah. She changed the rules. Like overnight, literally overnight, she changed the rules. So I feel empathy for him too. Like I said, I didn't hate him. I really didn't. I was like, yeah, he he was making this one mistake, but he is 
otherwise a good person. Like he seems nice to everyone at work and a good husband, a good father. And so this just really backfired on him. <laughs> I feel like it was his first time and he was like, okay, all the stars are lining. Oh, no, nope, you picked the wrong one. <laughs> you picked the worst possible. Yeah. Really? Like it. she picked him. I mean, she kind of sought him out. She did seek him out. And Mm -hmm. I remember when this movie came out and then also just like, I've heard people talk about this movie throughout my life Uh randomly. Mm -hmm. And it is a great thriller. But I hear them talk about her like a crazy lady. Yeah. And there's not, she's she's very distinctly the villain to a lot of people's perceptions. And I understand that because she's like threatening people's lives. (laughs) like Yeah, and killing a bunny. (laughs) And killing a bunny. Mm -hmm. So I understand that. However, she's clearly very sick. And I feel like if they had given her a little bit more backstory, that we wouldn't just have another crazy bitch. And it would have added, it would have added depth to the movie. Yeah. That would have made it like truly an artistic film. Right. As opposed to a generic Hollywood thriller. Yeah, it would have changed the whole dynamic of the movie. And that's not what they were going for. You know what I mean? It would have made it more like an art house film than a like blockbuster film. And that's not the market that they wanted. And so that's not what they did. For the type of movie they made, it was good. But yeah, they they ignore a lot of the aspects of her mental illness. He tells her to see a psychiatrist. That is true. And then she's like, I don't need to. After she did slit her wrist and he says like, go see the doctor and he checks on her after her doctor's appointment. Like I'm assuming that was a psychiatric doctor or was that a regular doctor to check on her wound? I'm not sure. But then he's like, oh, you're looking well and everything seems okay. So it's like, okay, that was just a lapse that she had. And she explains it away as like being under a lot of pressure and everything just came to a head. And But now I'm fine. So he feels like, okay. He feels like he did his part to like see her through that little crisis and... Then he can move on and yeah, he like checked on her and but then yeah, it just evolves and it is it's basically just like sensationalizing her mental illness to make it into a thriller. But like we said, I mean, or like I'm saying, that's the movie this was meant to be. They weren't trying to explore mental illness. And if they did, we wouldn't see her as a villain. It would take away our ability to like vilify her if they got more into her backstory. And that's not what they wanted to do. They didn't want to have the audience have complex feelings. No. About characters that were representative of like how things really are, which is that everything's gray. Yeah. So in a way, it's like the movie is very borderline personality disorder (laughs) because everything's very black and white and it Uh evokes very black and white feelings in audience members. Also, the movie is literally very black and white because did you notice I that most know. of the time people are either in white or black she was wearing white well she was wearing like black the night they first met then she's wearing white 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 her apartment's all white but mm-hmm. then after so the first day when they met before they hooked up at the meeting she's wearing all white suit a white coat white umbrella and then afterwards like when she comes to see him after she after their weekend together she's wearing like all black coat uh-huh. yeah <laughs> with giant shoulder pads and it's like you Huge. have the bad girl now mm-hmm. like you yes. brought out the bad girl yeah yeah definitely noticed that too <laughs> she's bad i always wanted to have sex in an elevator so i don't know if this movie is what made that happen it never happened even though when we lived on <laughs> we had like a tiny elevator because it was from the garage. Yeah, up to the I top remember story. that. 
And so I was like, oh, we can do it. But we never did. And then one time the battery died while I was in the elevator and (laughs) it got stuck between floors and I had to crawl out between floors. (laughs) In your own house. Yeah. So luckily Dan was there or I could have like died. I would have been trapped. Yeah. That would be scary. Well, no wonder you didn't do that. Yeah, maybe that's why. There was a couple (laughs) because a lot of people retire down there. And there was a couple in a similar house, like an older couple. And that happened to them. And they died. Because they got trapped in their elevator. There's no way out. And no one knew. No one checked on them for a few days. That is probably why we didn't do it. (laughs) That story kind of took away the allure. That's so horrifying. I know. It's sad. In your own home. That's like the beginning of a Law and Order episode. Yes. Then you realize it's foul play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had like, um, however big my head is. It was like six or seven inch slit spot between floors that I could crawl out to get out of the elevator. I was like, what if it somehow comes on and cuts me in half? <laughs> oh my God, I would, I would be afraid of the same thing. In fact, I thought of that when you said you crawled out of it. Oh, I know. It kind of made me sick to my stomach. <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> like, do this quickly. Oh my God. Yeah, man. I live to tell. Thank goodness. What about when he comes home and hears her voice in his house? Oh, God. That was so good. (laughs) Good. It was a good movie, man. The the way they panned Mm -hmm. out on his face was just like, I I mean, how can you not have empathy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was feeling it in my stomach like, oh, God. And then she was just toying with him, like, don't, don't I know you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, no, never met you before. There's also these moments in that movie where, like, before it gets really dangerous. Uh-huh. Where, like, if she was just, like, kind of fucking with him. Yeah. Because she really hates men generally. And she's like, I'm going to use them for sex. And then I'm uh-huh. going to torture them. <laughs> um, if she was, like, malicious in that way. And not just like crying out to be loved. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, really, she's a big baby. Like, yeah. you know, when toddlers have fits and they throw yes. fits and they get violent, but they're little, so they're not actually hurting anybody. Yeah. That's what she's doing. Uh-huh. Because she needs, she misses her daddy. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's the message I get. And but if she wasn't doing that, if she wasn't so dangerous and like in need of care, yeah, this would be hilarious. Yeah, this scene would be so funny. Oh of yeah, like, of like, oh, I'm just gonna come over and torture you and act like, oh, hello, your wife, make you really nervous, and then like, if she went away after that, yeah, that would be funny if. Taken out of context, that scene is funny to me. Yeah. If you do something like that, maybe you do kind of deserve to get nervous. I agree. (laughs) No, yeah, I would fully support what she did there. If it didn't escalate beyond that, I think it would have been pretty badass of her. Like if she was like, I'm just going to, I just like to have sex with married guys and then... <laughs> and then make them really nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go about my merry way. <laughs> like yeah. that's a good. That's a good prank. Should make a movie about a woman like that. <laughs> that would be good. It's like a light-hearted fatal attraction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, if you if you took all of what happened in the movie and you changed Alex and Danny into Alex a man and uh-huh. Daniela Daniela as a as a woman and Alex the man is doing all of the things that Alex the woman is doing in the movie it would be a horror movie it wouldn't be a thriller Mm -hmm. and it's almost like it's too scary if a man even though statistically men are way more likely to pull the shit that alex was pulling Uh of terrorizing Mm -hmm. a person who is very clearly saying i want nothing to do with you right Um, and feeling entitled to someone else's time and energy like uh-huh. that's that part of the reason that this like crazy bitch character in Hollywood is so malicious mm-hmm. to me is because it's like, yeah, but actually dudes are doing this to women a True. lot more. True. <laughs> that's domestic terrorism. It's an assault on the family. And the pets. And the pets. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're right. Like I'm thinking um, so many people, especially like in Hollywood, like you're saying, you just think are having so many affairs on the side. And this is just kind of like their nightmare come to life. Yeah. An extreme version of their mistresses that are <laughs> wanting more from them. Right. And this is how they view them. Probably so many men would just identify with this. And think their mistress is like a crazy bitch even if she's doing nothing that's even like on the level of alex at all right just calling or wanting to see him or whatever and then he would just be very dismissive of her and be like why is she doing this this crazy bitch and so alex is just like the embodiment of their worst fears of their mistress i wonder how many men watch this though too and were like Hey, wait a second. This is a like if it made them think twice. Yeah. Like maybe, I maybe I don't know who I'm really like, because it is, it is saying like, Hey, look, just because someone tells you something and they appear a certain yeah. way, it doesn't mean that's how they are. Mm-hmm. I know. I was wondering that too. I'm like, maybe this is a good tool for fidelity. And I feel like anyone who's <laughs> thinking of having an affair should watch this. <laughs> right. That's just like a prophylactic. Of- well, well, and you don't know, is that somebody who's going to really keep a secret or is that somebody who is going to get attached right. and freak out? And get pregnant. And, and it's get like, pregnant. You just assume, he just assumed that she was on birth control or whatever and she wasn't. Obviously, they didn't use a condom. Well, it was the 80s, so that wasn't even like... <laughs> I don't think that was a thought because it's not his responsibility. It's the woman's yeah, he responsibility. Didn't think about it. So when she came to pregnant. tell him she was pregnant, he was like, oh, you don't use anything? Yeah. And she's like, no, I had a miscarriage, so I thought I couldn't get pregnant. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, he didn't think about it. Well, the burden's on the woman. But they did help offer to help pay for her abortion, so that was very gentlemanly of him. It was. What more could he do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did his part he did and there and there was like this interesting thing with his his choice he even said he stated when he offered to pay for her abortion he was like i'm dropping this this is my choice my choice is that i'll pay for your abortion mm-hmm. and other than that i'm out this isn't yeah. what i signed up for and i'm not doing it when guys are like 
well, I should have a say. Yeah, he did. He's like, don't I have a say in this? Obviously, it's your body. So yeah, that's not negotiable. But I also understand where men are coming from when they are like, well, where's my choice? Right, because they're linked to you then forever. But should have thought of that. Should have wrapped it up. Then he's like, are you sure it's mine? And she said, I don't sleep around. Then he apologized to her for insinuating that. Which is nice of him. But it's not crazy for him to think that she no. would sleep around with the way that they got together. Well, she basically, I mean, she practically told him, like, look, I just like to sleep around with dudes. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I'm picking you up for sex. Yes. And she was doing the whole, the height of 80s feminism, which was we act like dudes because we can prove that we're, that we can be just like men. Yeah. And that's how she was acting. She was acting like a dude who picks up a woman at a bar. Mm -hmm. Only she was a woman picking up a man. So it would make every, every bit of sense that he would just assume that that's how she was. Yeah. Which is why he's, which is another reason why it's really easy to empathize with him. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. She has like a high powered job and she seemed pretty together and she knew what she wanted she looks like an adult she mm-hmm. presents herself as an adult yeah. but in reality she's a child yeah she seemed high functioning at first and in a, in another way like he's a child too because he because there is a thing of his wife nurturing him in a very maternal way she and ultimately she takes care of him because she kills a woman yeah and she saves everyone Right. In that in that way, she's a mother and he's a child mm-hmm. because she had to clean up his fucking mess. Right. It's true. I forgot that she was the one that ended up dealing that fatal blow. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, look, because of you, she had to murder someone. I know. Like that is a life changing event. She just had to murder someone. And because she's of your like, dick. <laughs> she is like so soft and gentle and just like. Yeah. So sweet. Like if I was a dude, I'd marry this lady. Yes. Like she's like an ideal. If you want a family, she's like an ideal woman. Yeah, I agree. And she was great, but it wasn't good enough because it's never good enough. I was telling Isaac that when I saw this movie, when I was 10, I will never get married. Oh, wow. Because it made a very strong impression on me. Yeah. The acting in it is excellent. Like if I if this movie had like mediocre stars in it that you mm-hmm. know, you like to watch them but I mean they're really not great actors. They just have like a charisma or they yeah. you know actors like that. They don't have much depth, but they're fun to watch. Right. I can think of a lot right now. Yeah. And like it if they were very hacky. But because the acting is so good in it, that's why I want them to explore her trauma. Yeah. Because they could, because she has the capacity, because what mm-hmm. she's already like emoting mm-hmm. is so, tra- is like somebody who's such a wounded, traumatized child. Whenever she's got that knife and she's like cutting her leg yeah. while she's talking to Beth. It's like a little girl playing with her dress when she's like nervous or something. Yeah. When you just sit there and hold the edge of your dress and you're moving your foot back and forth and twisting your dress like, oh, uh-huh. that's what it reminded me of. 
And and the dress is a little girl's dress. It's like mm-hmm. a little princess dress that you would play dress up in. Mm-hmm. Like that's what she looked like to me. And it would have been really easy to explore her her background more. Yeah. I feel like if that movie was made today, they could have made it like that as a thriller because they, you know, like I guess I, I guess what I really want is like I want a prequel to Alice. Yes, yeah, that would character. be good. Mm-hmm. Because we're seeing her at the end of her life. Right. And yeah, literally. Yeah. And she's been progressively getting worse in her mm-hmm. condition. So I think that would be an interesting prequel. There could be a great prequel. And like she's new to the literary agency that she's at. Like she's their new assistant editor. Yeah. So she, did she just move to town after yes. a episode like this where she was getting away from someone else or maybe following mm-hmm. someone else? To New York City. Oh yeah, and, and then she canceled a date on Saturday oh, to be with Michael Douglas. So maybe, who was that person? Right. So many things that it could be. The original ending is different. What? Yeah. So um, the original ending is that Alex frames Dan uh-huh. for her murder, and then oh. she commits suicide. Oh my god. What? So that's like the, that's the big crescendo, you know, the last, like the last bit of the movie test audiences hated it. Really? Yeah. So they changed it. Wow. Hmm. So is everything else basically the same throughout and then they just reshot and redid the move, the ending? Yeah. They reshot the ending. So that might, that might be why it says the screenplay based on a screenplay. Yeah. That explains it. I didn't know that. That's yeah. so crazy. Mm-hmm. That kind of reminds me of Gone Girl. So good. <laughs> I would watch. See, there's again. another crazy bitch. Yeah, she, I was rooting for her for sure. <laughs> um, except for like the innocent people that she murdered, but yeah, but the other part, the revenge part. Well, in the book, I wasn't. I didn't like her in the book, Mm -hmm. but honestly, it's really easy for me to not root for Ben Affleck because there's just something (sighs) about him that I find that it's not very, I don't want to root. I just don't root for him in movies, even if he's supposed to be super likable. I'm like, "Eh, I don't know, but if it had been a different actor, yeah, maybe. I think I read the book first. I'm pretty sure that I would have. That's what I normally do. But yeah, I definitely did. Um, I don't know if I was rooting for her during the book, but definitely during the movie. And I also feel like very lukewarm about Ben Affleck. I feel like he was good as the friend in <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. Yes. And like he topped out there. I feel like he's a, I don't, in some ways, I don't feel like he's a very good leading man. He's not. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have what Matt Damon has it, though. Yeah, definitely. He's mm-hmm. always shiny. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, I don't have anything against him. I just Me never either. feel he's just there. Uh, yeah, that's how I, it, he's very like, he's like, um. he's like toast. When you only have like a little teeny pat of butter left Dude. and you try to spread it all over the whole piece of bread. That's the worst. But you're hungry. So you're like, well, it's okay. 
I have to have like even spread on every square centimeter of the bread. Dan always makes fun of me because when I put butter or mayonnaise or anything, it's got to be like even everywhere to the very edge. Bingo. Same? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It just seems natural. Why would you want it any other way? Why would you? Why would you? (laughs) You wouldn't. Why deprive yourself of even one bite? One bite? I don't want like no butter on one bite. I don't know. I want butter blasting in my mouth every bite. Exactly. Predictability. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, that's a good way to describe Ben Affleck. He's just partially buttered toast. Matt Damon is fully, thickly, evenly buttered toast. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know what you're going to get with him. Um, yeah. So another, just like other little things that were kind of like comparing yes. the, the mistress to the wife. And I mean, barely even want to call her a mistress. Cause when I think no. mistress, I feel more like prolonged, right? That's a relationship. And this was just a one night stand yeah. fling. When he calls his wife, when he first comes home after that Saturday night, they spend together and she's like, oh, there's, um, leftover spaghetti in the fridge. And then he goes to close his house that day and she makes him new, fresh, hot spaghetti. And I was like, oh, "Oh, okay. That's another shortfall of his wife is just leaving him leftovers. Well, that's why if you don't pay attention to your man Mm -hmm. and attend to his every need, 24 hours a day, he will cheat on you as Mm -hmm. soon as... As you're out of the house for more yeah. than four hours. Even if you thought of him and left him food. Even if you delicious left food. Him food. He'd have to heat it up himself. <laughs> but if he goes to her house, she makes it for him fresh and hot. And that's the way it should be. <laughs> All these well, little subtleties. I know. He's clearly at the beginning of the movie, like, craving attention. Uh-huh. Which actually would, like, it makes sense to me that if, I I mean, that's really common with people who have kids. Yeah. They give their attention rightly so to the children. Yeah. And they neglect each other Mm -hmm. in really, like, intense emotional ways that they connected with, you know, like, that was, like, a draw and a connection in the first place. That's why they had kids. Right. And so I do understand that being, like, really painful Mm-hmm. and hard to deal with. So that's what yeah. he's going through. I feel neglected. Mm-hmm. They don't even really get into that either, though. I feel like both sides, they don't explore deeply because they just show like these little subtle things like yeah. take out the dog and the kids in the bed. Like that's as yeah. deep as it gets into exploring his neglect. So you're just supposed to like assume, even though everything seems fine, that's the implication that he's not getting enough. He's not getting the care that he needs. Right. And then Alex makes some hot spaghetti. Uh-huh. Pays every last drop of energy that she has. She is smothering onto him and paying attention to him and fawning over him, giving him exactly what he wants from his wife. Uh-huh. But she only has to do it for 24 hours. Just wait, Alex. Stay with him for a month and see how it is. You know? (laughs) It might wear off pretty quickly. But he didn't really give her the chance to find that out. (laughs) But that's why she keeps picking 
married men too. Right. Because that's, that's how she can re-traumatize herself Mm -hmm. is by picking men who are absolutely going to leave her Mm -hmm. because she could probably find easily find a guy that she could fawn over that way. And that guy would be like, Oh, this is great. And might consider like, she might be able to have an actual relationship uh-huh. with someone who is very like likes that sort of attention and is also addicted to high drama situations. Yeah. I don't even want to say I'm sorry, I shouldn't say high drama. I want to mm-hmm. say that the people that are addicted to active overactivating their sympathetic nervous system because okay. ultimately she's having an addiction to having her nervous system in a extremely high stimulated state mm-hmm. of panic and that's her norm and so mm-hmm. if she is in a situation where it's calm that's very uncomfortable because she could have potentially carried on an affair with him mm-hmm. like i felt like he could have been open to that because he took pretty naturally to their <laughs> to their little fling yeah. Like he he wasn't showing a lot of guilt or like moment they didn't show him being like hesitant about yeah. it. Which bothered me because and made well it made me think that maybe he had been doing this already. I'm still going to go with no. Boy, he's really taken to this pretty naturally yeah. without having a lot of guilt. No. He didn't seem to have a lot of guilt until he got caught. Yeah, I guess the like over being overly affectionate to his wife when they first came home was like his guilt shining through too. True. Yeah, like he's like, oh, I should go away more often. And it's like, no, you should not. Yeah. (laughs) Bad things happen when you go away. (laughs) Yeah. When when mommy leaves. Uh, Yeah. Bad things happen. yeah that's what she called them yeah there are a lot of like maternal weird parental elements in it i guess like you said and her dad when he was reading that article about her dad dying i think he was a professor or something so he was also some type professional professional man yeah he was 42 when he died so that's like around the age that they are too so another thing to make her kind of latch on to him yeah she's looking for her daddy he's not there and she's going to continue to set herself up. And then he also indicated that he had like a bad relationship with his dad because he said, Yeah. During Madame Butterfly, when he was comforting him, that was the only time his dad was ever nice to him. What about when she takes Ellen? Oh my God. I know. I forgot about that. <laughs> then I was like, Okay, <laughs> now you can do whatever you want to her. Like, that's definitely crossing the line. Okay. If someone took my kid. Oh my God. Which I don't have, but if I did, I'd be extremely mad <laughs> that someone took them for the day. I think it's a complete nightmare. Which part having kids? Well, that part, but also <laughs> but also if if your child disappeared, like the flashing back and forth between Beth panicking. Oh yeah. And then Ellen and Alex just having this like placid time at the carnival. Well, until they get on the roller coaster. I think that was when Ellen realized that something was strange. Uh-huh. Like, why is this person taking me on this ride? 
this is scary. Yeah. I think Ellen was too short to even actually be on that ride. Like, technically, she probably wouldn't have met the height requirements. They're like, you look like you're middle-aged, but you're really not tall enough to get on this roller coaster. And why do you dress like Dorothy from the Golden Girls? You're like five. (laughs) You did. I liked her wardrobe, but it was just like, where do you buy five-year-old clothes in that style? Take a look at what she wears. (laughs) It's puzzling. You're right. Not oh. to detract from no. the serious discussion about kidnapping that we were having. <laughs> yeah, that definitely well, crosses the line. It's so horrifying. And there were no amber alerts yet. And clearly there was not any school security yet. That was the height of stranger danger. Well, and then I saw this as a kid. If I had watched this movie now, I would think of it how I've been talking about it. But I saw it when I was younger and it made me realize like too how that this movie really left an impression on me of like very distinct messages about marriage to the extent that I thought I'm never getting married. (laughs) Yeah, that's a powerful message. And then also that I could get kidnapped. (laughs) God, yeah. I mean... McGruff didn't McGruff teach you that already? Somebody the crime tell. dog in the trench coat. Oh my god, I forgot about McGruff. <laughs> you should have known this. I know. Besides that, I learned that I could get my animal killed, boiled for no mm-hmm. reason that had anything to do with me. Right. You're just along for the ride, like Ellen on the roller coaster. Yeah. It's also interesting because this movie actually did make me feel pretty traumatized when I was a little kid. Yeah. And it's about it's about little kids' trauma. <laughs> and what happens to them when they grow up and they never deal with the fact that like they were betrayed by people that yeah. were supposed to take care of them and nurture them. Mm-hmm. And then you like let your little kid watch <laughs> a movie that is completely traumatizing that's true that's a good point it is traumatic i mean seeing a bo- a boiling bunny when you're a child is traumatic well and it was this time <laughs> yeah it still was even though i knew it was coming it's just so good the build-up when you walk in and you see that pot boiling i know I actually covered my eyes though. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, I'm I was wondering. I was actually relieved because when she took off the lid, the bunny's throat was bloody. So I was like, okay, good. At least she slit its throat because I was like, right. did she boil this bunny alive? I couldn't yeah. remember, but she exactly. killed it first. So that was at least a nice thing for her to do. Oh, I'm glad I closed my eyes for that. Mm-hmm. Poor little thing. Plus, it was the 80s, so they probably just used a real bunny. They're probably like, okay, it's one of these white lab bunnies. Just throw it in the pot. It's a lab bunny. You remember sending a mouse to college? (gasps) Oh, my (laughs) God. Did we donate money to send mice to be experimented on? And they, like, recruited for that in our grade school or something? Yes. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Send a mouse to college. I've never I have never forgotten about that. I completely forgot. I think I can picture like the little logo. There's like a mouse in like a yes. college sweater kind of thing with a 
monogram on it or something. Yes. That's messed up. I know. <laughs> Holy cow. And we donated money. Research. I know. I probably donated like $4 total. Oh, yeah. Over over my time in grade I'm school. not going to get my chocolate milk today so that I can send this mouse to college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving them my quarter. <laughs> what did we think was happening? I'm sure we didn't realize what was happening to these mice. How are they recruiting children for this? It's like such it's a so messed up, up policy. Who came up with this idea? It had to have been like <laughs> no. somebody who's just an absurdist. Oh my God. Is this yeah. absurd? Let's look into this more. <laughs> I'm, I'm being re-traumatized right now. Like they're sitting in a boardroom like, how can we raise more money <laughs> to do cancer research on mice and somebody's like well let's think about kids (laughs) kids are the future really they'll be interested and they got to earn their keep right holy cow what a concept (laughs) what a messed up concept and when did it stop and who finally realized it needed to stop we need to do research on this phenomenon. Oh, send a mouse God. to college. Because I want to find the guy who made it up. Oh, yeah. Probably a somebody who really did not like Mickey Mouse. I mean, I don't really like Mickey Mouse. I don't either. either. <laughs> okay, good. But I am i wouldn't go this far as to recruit children to help kill mice. This person had a lot of issues. <laughs> It's for cancer research. Okay. At least it was for cancer research. Speaking of childhood trauma, like what kind of trauma did this guy have? That he was like, let's have mm-hmm. kids pay money to get mice killed and we'll trick them into thinking that they're going to college. Yeah. And then they justified it because maybe they were like, well, we have to teach a mice, like the mice, how to go through a maze or something. Mm-hmm. Maze College. <laughs> yeah, I really thought the mice were being like taught something. No, nope. I don't know how to do tricks or something. Wow, I'm so glad you brought that up. I really <laughs> did not remember it, and now I'm horrified. I wonder if Ellen had to send any mice to college. She would have been around the right age. <laughs> I'm sure Ellen did. And you know yeah. her name? I saw the credits. Her name's Ellen in real life. She oh. just really looks like an Ellen. Totally. She's a total Ellen. Yeah. I feel like we talked about a good bit of stuff. I did want to mention the joke that was in the movie when Dan calls Beth and says, did the plumber come yet? And then she said, did he ever? Oh, and then he says, then, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> that was nice. so funny. I hope she wasn't joking. I hope she really did get fucked by the plumber because she deserves a little on the side. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, because she's clearly going to, you know, she's going to stay with them. Yeah. And- and like, I actually, I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not somebody that's like, absolutely. It's this one way. And 
And yeah. I understand if you have a thing where it's like, if you cheat at all, then you're out of here. No right. questions asked. Mm-hmm. Nothing. That's how I am. See you later. Yeah. I totally get that. But I, yeah, I think it's real personal, just however it plays out in your relationship, whatever works best for you. Yeah. So I, I think it's. But pretty... I would be like, get the fuck out of here. I never want to see you again. See, I feel like I would be like, Okay, fine. We're going to work on this because I uh-huh. we clearly still have great chemistry. Yeah. Also, the first hot dude I see, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to hear all about it, asshole, because I had to kill uh-huh. somebody for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess murdering someone <laughs> together bonds you. You're not going to find that with anyone else. She's got a free pass to do yeah, pretty much like, anything she wants from then like, on. Fair's fair, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they're gonna have to move now. We murdered totally. your mistress in our bathroom. Yeah, I can't stay here. I had thought of that too. I was like, oh, they just bought that house. Yeah, they just <laughs> got there. It was beautiful and perfect. We just love to hear about your elevator escapades and let us know about the movies you shouldn't have watched when you were a kid. Also, if you have ideas for other movies we should cover in the future, we'd love to hear those too. Thank you for listening to Cover Your Eyes podcast. If you like their show, please feel free to count the ways. Find us on patreon.com backslash cover your eyes. You can also visit our store on Redbubble at Cover Your Eyes podcast. Are we going to say see you next Tuesday still? <laughs> okay, we could say bye y'all. See you next Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do that. You can cover your eyes, but you can still hear it.